Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer America. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. If you only looked at the closing prices, look at a pretty sedate day, huh? Dow finishing down 45 points. SP advancing 0.18%. NASDAQ gaining 0.50%. But the truth is, things look awful bad around 2 o'clock. It felt like we could have a huge rollover. Wall Street was laser-focused on the negatives. We're headed into the toughest part of the pandemic. It's going to be much worse than feared. Retail sales were very weak. The Fed admitted they can't do much to help. Then we heard some very positive chatter from Washington about the stimulus bill and from Fed Chief Powell. Sure enough, stocks turn around. Crisis averted. As I see it, the bears, once again, the bears. <laughs> Wrong. Sure, this is an ugly moment, but we're about to cross the Jordan River after spending ages lost in the wilderness, and there's a land of milk and honey on the other side. That said, you know what? I'm actually thrilled by all the negativity because it means stocks can still go higher. As long as we have doubters, we can rally. The market goes up when bears turn into bulls. So think of the negativity that we saw all morning as the fuel. When everyone's positive, well, that's when you have to worry. Right now, though, there's plenty of pessimism about the rally. The conventional wisdom says this rally has to be bogus because the economy is in dire straits with dramatically weaker retail sales and spiking unemployment as states are forced to lock down. Worse, the extra unemployment benefits and the eviction freeze both end in a couple of weeks. Now, I know most people have lost faith in Washington. Congress has spent months doing nothing, although that may be about to change. Even without a stimulus package, which suddenly seems a lot more likely, I think this is a best-of-times, worst-of-times situation. I know. You're sick of it. I keep referring to Dickens. Probably really upset you. But this is a Dickensian moment. All right, it's not the Christmas Carol, but it's Dickensian. It's the best-of-times for the wealthy, whether we're talking companies or individuals. And it's the worst of time for small business and people living paycheck to paycheck or with no paychecks at all. Is that good for America? Of course not. We don't want to live in a Dickens novel. But my job is to help you try to make money in the stock market. And this setup, strangely, bizarrely, is absolutely perfect for the market. I don't think that makes you a profiteer like Cal and East of Eden. You're simply taking advantage of the great divide. And now that the $900 billion stimulus seems pretty much a sure thing, that helps everybody. 
although unemployed workers may see their benefits lapse temporarily before the new relief package kicks in. We're also hearing about direct cash payments. And as you know from last time, those are great for everybody. The benefits resonate throughout the economy because you have, when you have surplus cash, you spend it. It means more people renovating their homes and buying actual stuff, seeing as you can't really spend it on services because you can't go anywhere. However, the people who are living hand-to-mouth, they're going to keep living hand-to-mouth. The small businesses that need a bailout to stay in business, they're not going to get enough money. So in the end, yes, it is true. It's Darwin. The rich get richer, the big businesses get bigger, and everybody else has to make do or else. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve has said they'll hold interest rates low through 2023. So you can easily borrow money to buy a car or buy some dividend stocks if you have a good job and some savings, but not if you don't. Fed Chief Jay Powell told us repeatedly how uncertain and perilous the situation is. He made it clear that he would not lose sight of the millions who are out of work. And I don't think Congress can afford either. Jay Powell is showing a heart like we haven't had with a Fed chief in ages. This man gets it. Fortunately, Congress seems to have gotten the memo, too, specifically Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who suddenly wants to pass a stimulus bill to save the seats of two Republican incumbents in, in Georgia who are facing runoffs in January. Even if you can't trust politicians to do the right thing, you can absolutely trust them to do what's in their self-interest. Oh, also, they want to go home. So uh, what's worth buying in a situation where everybody gets another $600 courtesy of Uncle Sam and the people who can afford it can spend it? All right. First, this morning, we learned that Stanley Black & Decker's book of business is much, much better than we thought. The terrific tool company had guided for 3 to 5% organic growth. Instead, they're looking at 10% organic growth. That's a gigantic change. Given that no analysts were expecting those kinds of numbers, you should expect some upgrades and price target bumps tomorrow. Stock rallied less than 2% today. That's crazy. I think it's got more upside. Where are these people buying tools? A bakery? No. They're buying them at Lowe's. They're buying them at Home Depot. If Stanley Black & Decker is doing 10% organic growth, imagine how well the big box stores are that are carrying their merchandise. So many of their smaller competitors are being wiped out. Bad for the country, good for the stocks of Lowe's and Home Depot. I think they're all buys. Second, we still won't be able to go back to work for months, which means we're in what I call hybrid home mode. Perfect time to own some Lululemon. We just had them on the show last night. They told a terrific story. Lulu will benefit when the economy reopens. But for now, they're making a fortune selling their comfy clothes online. And these comfy clothes may be good enough for the office in the hybrid model I'm tracing. Third, I think, I think you should buy Boeing. We're going to hear from the CEO later tonight. Now, I know we can't yet talk about new business with China, but reason with me here. This is pure speculation on my part. Put yourself in the shoes of the people who run the Chinese Communist Party. Let's say Biden extends an olive branch. After years of Trump's hardline trade policy, it won't take much. So how does China reciprocate? When we're talking geopolitics, the traditional gesture of goodwill is a bulk order of airplanes. Of airplanes from Boeing. Specifically 787s, 777s, and soon their latest plane, the 777X. Because Boeing's order book supports how many? Two million jobs. And they're spread across the country. And they'll do it to reward as many politicians as possible. Of course, you can just get, go the other way. I mean, the easy way. You can buy the uh, S&P 500, the, as millions of investors will do with their extra 600 bucks. Or you can buy Fang. Yeah, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. These stocks aren't dead, even as I read an obituary or two in the last 24 hours. Bottom line, the one thing you can't do here is stare at the Jordan River and say, forget it, I'm going back to the desert. Fairly or unfairly, this is a great moment for the stock market. The promised land is right here. We've still got to get through the worst phase of the pandemic. 
but then we'll be vaccinated and hopefully you'll never have to hear about COVID-19 again. Why wouldn't you want to own stocks at a time like this? Decent question, isn't it? Why don't we go to Maurice in Florida? Maurice. Good evening, Mr. Kramer. My question this evening is this. Being that Pfizer has recently been approved for their vaccine, Moderna and several other pharmaceutical companies are in the pipeline, and hopefully they'll be approved shortly. It's my understanding that we're talking about billions of vials being distributed worldwide. Now, I also understand that the vaccine is housed in glass vials. Right. So what is your, t- what is your take on Corning being one of the largest glass manufacturers in the world? Not enough profit for them. I would not include that in a portfolio. Honeywell, by the way, has a new technology, a new way to be able to move things in vials. I wouldn't buy Honeywell for that either, but I would recognize that, you know what, there's competition to Corning, too. Let's go to Adam in New York. Adam. Hi, Jim. Adam. What do you think about Live Nation as a post-vaccine play? I think it's they a great post. I think it's a great post vaccine. Great, but you got to understand, uh, it is a terrible pre-vaccine, but it's a great post vaccine, and that's why the stock's been bid up tremendously. Wait for a decline before you pull the trigger. Scott in Massachusetts. Scott. Jimbo, first time caller, long time listener. Love that. I want to hear your take on an enterprise software artificial intelligence company that has. Strategic partnerships with Microsoft, Bank of America, AstraZeneca, and the U.S. military. The company, C3.ai, IPO'd last Wednesday, and I got in just south of $100 a share. The stock's been on fire since the IPO, and I'm currently up 15%. Is it a buy, sell, or hold? I like it. I like it. You know what? It kind of got overshadowed by, uh, by Airbnb. Uh, I think it's a very, it, you know, the whole market cap of the thing is not that much. And they've got some real fi- intellectual firepower behind that company. I like it. Okay, look, the promised land, it is within reach. Why wouldn't you want to own stocks like this? You know what? I'm going to throw in Whirlpool right here, right now. W-H-R. See, isn't that clear as day, right? Uh, anyway, well, Man Money tonight, we've talked plenty about the SPAC and electric vehicle boom, but tonight I'm eyeing under the radar way to play that space. Don't miss my sit down with MP Materials. You've asked for it, I'm bringing it to you. Then my exclusive with the CEO of Boeing. What's ahead for the company as COVID continues to impact the aerospace sector? Go straight to the source. And as the cybersecurity attack against the U.S. government continues to make headlines, unfortunately, I'm going to sit down with the CEO of Okta. He'll tell you about how to protect your name and your data. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. 
When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This year, we've seen a tsunami of special purpose acquisition companies coming public then buying high profile startups like the string of electric vehicle deals that I talk about all the time. I repeatedly warn you that, you know, these are pretty tough, but there's nothing inherently wrong with a SPAC. It's all about execution. For example, over the summer, we spoke to MP Materials. A lot of people bought it after you spoke to them. It's a rare earth mining operation in California. It was preparing to come public by merging with a special purpose acquisition vehicle. The deal closed last month. Since then, the stocks jumped from 15 to 28. And as much as I don't like to chase these enormous moves, I think these guys have the only rare mining and processing facility in the United States, and they are running incredibly well. I think you have to expect a pullback because it's been a trajectory like you wouldn't believe. But once it cools down, this could be an incredibly compelling story. So let's take a closer look with James Latinsky. He's the founder, chairman, CEO of MP Materials. Learn more about his business and how it's publicly traded now. Mr. Latinsky, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be back. Well, I've got to tell you, Jim, this, you've done a remarkable job. And I want people to understand Thank that you. there was a business that was running. And it's the business that you're now running. They were losing fortunes, spent a fortune at it. The stock price was much higher than yours. Now you're making money and the stock price is lower. Seems wrong to me. Tell people how you're able to turn this thing around. Yeah, so that's exactly right, Jim. When, when we founded MP Materials, we acquired Mountain Pass. It had eight employees. It was shut down. Uh, the predecessor, they were never able to achieve profitability or get the site working properly. Uh, we, over the past three years, have turned around uh, the site. And I'm proud to say, you know, we have north of 270 people uh, and we're profitable. We, we, we just put out our earnings recently and, and uh, we're producing north of three times the amount of product on an annualized basis than they did uh, ever in their best period leading up to their bankruptcy. So, you know, we've really achieved a lot of success out there. We have a long way to go, though. Well, I have to tell you, there's some great misperceptions about you. People keep saying, you know, but look, I mean, I, the lithium ion battery, we don't need it. it's not the darn battery. It's the motor. And it's indispensable right. for every one of these companies. Right. Jim, absolutely. This is so key. And uh, it's um, because when people think about materials for EVs and there's a lot of excitement, there's a question, is it lithium ion? Is it solid state? Uh, you've certainly had some coverage of that or hydrogen or uh, capacitors. Who knows what the technology will be? But that energy gets to a motor and the 90 plus percent share uh, way that the motor moves. And, and we believe for you know the decades to come is that permanent magnet, the rare earth magnet. And, and so our materials go to make those. And so and, you know, we we're agnostic to to whatever OEM wins, whether it's Tesla, Rivian, uh, Arrival, GM, Ford, uh, Volkswagen, any of them. Um, you know, we want them all to be successful. 
Uh, and whatever the battery technology is, we think we're a picks and shovels uh, play for, for this movement. And this is something that we want an American company to be involved in. In one yes. of your conference calls, you made it very clear that the Chinese have over the last 30 years figured out basically, I'm going to use the term, not you, corner the market in rare earth. If we don't have MP materials, they could own that whole food chain for every EV car. Yeah. Well, Jim, look at the enterprise value that exists today in our markets for some of the major Chinese uh, EV uh, companies. Right, right. And so the Chinese over the last 20 years have moved downstream and they, you know, they're competing in this industry. And to their credit, it's it's really impressive what they've done. Uh, you know, our mission at MP Materials is we want the, the Teslas, GMs, Apples of the world, whoever's utilizing magnets, uh, they all they buy them all in China and we want them to buy them from us. Uh, or at least, we, you know, we'd like to take some share and show that an American company can compete in this space. Uh, we already are. We're, we're, we're profitable and, and, and we're a young company uh, and we're focused on, on being a formidable competitor in the space. Can you expand rapidly enough to meet the demand that we all see coming in the next five years? Well, that's a great question. Um, the good news is the demand is, is growing rapidly. Right. I think we need a lot more supply. Uh, we're really setting up for a, a big bull market in, in these materials that are feeding. Uh, you know, Jim, if you think about prior booms, and I know a lot of people think there's excitement in electric vehicles, and you look at some of the, the enterprise values of companies, it makes your head spin. But let's not forget, we're 3% penetrated. Uh, and so think of where the, inter and again, it's, it's a different uh, dynamic, but think of where we were in the when the internet was 3% penetrated. Uh, so this is a multi-trillion dollar industrial transformation happening in the global economy. It's not just EVs, it's wind turbines, drones, robots uh, everywhere. And you know, we need to compete as, as an American company. We, we need to make sure that our industry has uh, the supply chain so that they can compete. Uh, and so, you know, we think there's a lot of growth to come and, and uh, we'll, we'll keep trying to grow. Uh, how quickly it happens is, is, uh, is a good question. One of the myriad reasons why I didn't like your predecessor company uh, was not yeah. just the balance sheet, but was because I thought that they were very bad about pollution, about ESG. They didn't seem to care. This seems like a front and center issue for you. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, the one good thing that, that they did do is they spent uh, $1.7 billion building this state-of-the-art facility. But to your point, because they so bungled the operation, uh, you know, there was just it was it was really sort of sad what happened there. But but we've we've obviously um, turned the site around. And it's pretty remarkable when you think about us relative to, you know, any other EV, uh, sorry, any other rare earth producer in the world. Um, you know, we recycle most of our water. We have dry tailings. Um, there's been a lot of capital spent on this site. And I mean, I think I think it all goes down to if you just say, hey, we operate in the state of California. You can imagine um, the, the stringent environmental conditions that we have to perform under. And, and we're proud of those. And and I think that that's so key um, as we as we think about the fact that we're supplying the sustainability industry. Uh, and so, you know, that is a big focus for us at MP Materials. You know, look to us. We'll, we'll try to do our best to be transparent about that and, you know, explain to investors and customers and, and Americans and, and people around the world, you know, how, how important uh, the, what we do there is relative to the rest of the industry. We're really proud of that. And, and that will, again, be in the DNA of our company uh, for decades to come. Well, it is a new company with, a, with yeah. an absolutely great asset that was that was squandered, Thank you, Jim. but not anymore. James Latinsky, founder, chairman, CEO of MP Materials. Great to see you again, sir. Thank you, Jim. Great to see you, too. Thank you me. see why so many people bought the stock and urged me to have him back on? Because it's rare earth, which is amazing. It's EV, and we own it. We have money's back after the break.
Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. After a brutal couple of years, the stock of the much maligned Boeing's made an incredible comeback over the past month and a half. First, Biden won the election, a positive for any company that does a lot of business with China. Then we got a ton of positive vaccine news, meaning people will soon be eager to travel again. More air travel equals more demand for planes. Finally, right on the heels of that data, the 737 MAX was cleared for takeoff again by the FAA. Last week, Brazil's Gol Airlines became the first carrier in the world to return the plane to active service. We even seen new sales last week. The largest airline in Europe ordered 75 of them. Suddenly, the analysts are falling all over themselves to recommend Boeing, even as the stock's already run from 140 to 220. Better late than never. There's a reason I started pounding the table of this one in, the, in early October in the 160s. Still, with the stock down 50 percent from its 2019 highs, I bet it's got a, a more run, maybe a lot more. Don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with David Calhoun. He's the turnaround artist, president and CEO of Boeing. Get a clearer read on where his company's headed. Mr. Calhoun, welcome to Mad Money. Gentlemen, it's good to be with you. All right. So first, we just got to put the rest something. Morgan Stanley put out a note this week. They suggested you might have to do a gigantic equity raise. Uh, perhaps as much as 20 to 30 billion dollars, 15 percent diluted, maybe 20, because uh, you do have a big debt load. and You have negative free cash flow to 2021. Is that reasonable? Is that some insight that they had that I don't have? Yeah, it's 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 more than a little speculative. Let me let me say that. Um, uh, not sure how or why they did it. And it's not in our plans to go go down that path. So probably not much more to say than that. Wow. OK. Now, the airlines, though, are straddled with debt. Not long ago, you thought that even one of the major ones could go under. How can they buy more aircraft? Well, uh, first and foremost, the actions that were taken uh, back in the early stages of this, uh, of course, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, problem by, the, by uh, the Fed and, of course, the CARES Act, those were huge actions. Uh, in a day, it appeared like the credit markets opened up and opened up in a big way. And every one of the airlines have taken advantage of it, and Boeing has taken advantage of it. What I mean by that is we always believed in our credit going forward, and all we needed were the markets to be open, uh, open for business, and that's what happened in that process. Um, beyond that, the airplanes themselves have always been, uh, you know, a, a good market, uh, a, a good asset for the capital markets, and it will continue to be that way. They're 30-year assets. They, they can move from the beginning of an epidemic like this to, to the end and still retain value and move forward. Uh, so the capital markets have supported these airplanes every step of the way, and the airlines know how to tap those capital markets in behalf of, in behalf of the flying public, and the airplanes support the credit. All right, but let's talk about travel in the pandemic. Uh, after 9-11, many people thought it would not return. It did. Is this similar, or are the worries about the illness – 
And I think what I'm going to call the bogus worries about how easy it is to get COVID in a plane, keeping people home and letting travelers in business use Zoom instead of going somewhere. Well, let me first uh, address that safety question, because uh, months ago it was a question. And you have talked to me about this in the past, and I think you were well ahead of most of the flying public on the subject. It's an incredibly safe environment in that airplane. Um, we know the statistics that we replace that air every two to three minutes. Um, so you're as safe in an airplane as any enclosed space, enclosed space anywhere, including the grocery store. So uh, we feel very good about that. And that message is getting out. People understand it uh, ultimately to be safe. So now will business travel return? Um, yes. I mean, I believe strongly. I run a big company. Um, yes, there are a lot of internal things that happen that, now can be done more efficiently on Zoom. But the number of external relationships that have to be built by every business on the planet, um, they are always enhanced in face-to-face uh, meetings and, and getting to know people on, uh, on a real-time basis. So uh, I believe it'll come back. I believe uh, the post, uh, post 9-11 uh, comeback will be repeated. Um, and I have a lot of faith in that. Okay, now let's back specifically to news that no one wants to see. Uh, Some stories about the 787 Dreamliner, uh, some worries about whether these are issues involving maybe not safety yet. No one's saying that. But could they possibly ground the plane? And are you concerned that the quality control issues that did dog the company are not behind them? No, no, I'm not. These issues are behind us. The the 787 issues are they're real. and we've been in control of that process. We're the ones that sort of found, disclosed, brought the FAA in early. Uh, determinations were made that it's not in a, a safety of flight question. But we are uh, committed to uh, increase the precision around which we marry these fuselages, more because we want to be able to increase the rate in these plants and facilities when that time comes. And we want to have total confidence that each and every one of these uh, marriages in the fuselage happen uh, in a precise way. It's, it's never been a safety of flight issue, and I'm confident that we'll get ahead of it. And I'm confident we'll stay in control of it in, the, in this entire process. And we appreciate the FAA's um, support in this process. Well, let me go into a little bit deeper why I think this is so important and why I'm a bull. One of the many reasons I'm a bull in Boeing, other than the long tradition that we all have in this country of the national treasure that is Boeing, President-elect Bo- uh, Biden does not seem like someone who is going to go on a verbal diatribe or a tweet storm against President Xi. What are the possibilities that the Chinese need planes and could place orders, particularly because they, I think they need the 787, the 777, and perhaps even to come, the 777X? Well, I, your premise is well-founded. Um, uh, the Chinese economy, as we all know, has come back faster than any other. Um, the airlines and the scheduled flights are almost back to where they were. Um, they project growth. They need airplanes. There's no question about that. Uh, they love the Boeing wide-body fleet. Uh, They've had great success with it. And the phase one deal that exists uh, um, includes includes provisions for uh, airplanes. Um, And I do believe I do believe if a constructive relationship is begun, um, that things will uh, quiet down and the Chinese will want to get airplanes. And Boeing will be a beneficiary of that. We have great relationships with the with our customers in China. We have stood by them every every step of the way. 
the regulator um, is well apprised of our, our airplane safety. And not only that, has been involved in uh, the recertification efforts on the 737 MAX um, and, and is progressing along that front. So, um, yeah, I am, I'm quite bullish constructive on China. And, and we need some good diplomacy on that front for but, sure. But 737 MAX, they are interested. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Now, oh, yes. throughout this period, people do not focus on your defense business. Uh, I think it's pretty consistent. Want to be sure that it's going as well as as can be expected because it is a bedrock to your earnings. Yeah, I, uh, I unfortunately, in light of all of the subjects that have uh, been thrown at Boeing over the last year, our, our Boeing defense business has, has, has done very, very well. It's a stable business. Um, we appreciate the work that we do for our military uh, service, uh, service men and women. Um, and uh, we've had a great uh, number of accomplishments. Um, in light of all the other things that happened in the commercial side, uh, we were awarded the Collier Trophy for the uh, X-37 space plane, an autonomous vehicle, um, which is an amazing feat of engineering. The F-15, the F-18, new, new uh, versions of these airplanes are now out there. Um, the military is accepting them, and they give longer life to these programs, which are fabulous uh, 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 fighting machines. The T-7 trainer, which is uh, considered one of the very first of, of a digital uh, uh, effort on the part of the military to design, build, service uh, airplanes all with a digital thread. Um, this will be one of the first. The airplane's flying. It's doing a tremendous job. We're meeting all the development milestones, and I feel great about that. The MQ-25, an autonomous refueling vehicle, um, again, meeting all its development milestones and in action. And then we have some terrific vertical lift programs. The Apache and the Chinook are tried and true for the military, um, and we continue to service, service them. One last question. A lot of things have happened since uh, your predecessor, uh, Dennis Bolberg, made this promise of some mad money. But in December 2017, he did say that the company that would be the first company to put someone on Mars would not be Elon Musk. It would be Boeing's. Is that still the case that you're aiming to put a man or woman on Mars? Well, if and when that day comes, Boeing will be there. Um, uh, we've maintained, we continue to maintain that Dennis was bullish in every way, shape, or form on that as an, as an objective for our company. And uh, we, again, we, we still wrap our arms around it. Um, and forgive us for the last year for not talking so much about futures, but rather the operational issues we faced over the course of the year. Uh, getting our MAX recertified was a very big step forward on that front. And then we can start uh, planning for more futures as we move forward. So, uh, yeah, we still we still embrace everything that goes with space, everything, uh, everything that technology will allow us to do. Excellent. For the two million people who are uh, dependent upon Boeing, that's that big a company. For all the people, the service people whom you protected, including my dad, I wish you the best of luck. And I believe in you. I believe in your company. Tim, we really appreciate your support and faith in this company, and I, we're not going to let we're not going to let our shareholders down. Thanks. Of course, Bad Money's back after the break.
time it starts to feel like the cybersecurity stocks have run too much, these companies remind us why we like them so much in the first place. Take Okta, the cloud-based security software firm that handles your login and verification credentials, making it a necessity during this period of mandatory remote work. In October and early November, this stock was rolling over along with all the other high-flying cloud plays. The market got hyped for the vaccines, right? But two weeks ago, Okta reported a true blowout quarter, terrific top and bottom line beat. Imagine issuing strong guidance for the fourth quarter, amazing cash flow, raising their forecast for the full year. How many companies have been able to do that? In response, the stock surged 5% the next day. Hasn't looked back since. It's now up more than 125% for the year. So can this thing keep climbing? Let's check in with Todd McKinnon. He's the co-founder, chairman, CEO of Okta. Get a better sense of the quarter and what he sees going forward. Todd, welcome back to Mad Money. It's great to be here, Jim. All right, so Todd, I'm looking at uh, some of the numbers that you put up. And all I can say is, is that I have to believe that because there are so many shops, I love the way you put it, that are IBM, that are CA, and that Oracle, that haven't converted yet, it's pretty easy to see that you've got a multiple-year total addressable market that's far bigger than when I first met you. Identity is a big problem. Anyone that's tried to log into their multiple systems at work or in their personal lives and tried to make a, a sanity out of the confusion of multiple IDs and passwords. And they know it's a big problem and companies know this too. And you put that together with the pressure now with everyone to be flexible about where they work and security models that support flexibility. And the big one is companies have to get online. They have to make sure that their customer experience is amazing and that they can meet their customers where they want to be served, which is online on mobile and on the web and identity is a part of all of that. It, it makes all of those experiences easy and with less friction and most importantly, mo- all, it makes it all secure. You know, we, we've talked before about say MLB and their login and we all understand customer ID, workforce ID. But what surprised me when I was looking at the quarter was it's things like John Deere. It's Federal Express. These are not what I would think to be typical Okta clients. These are big, important companies, and they know that technology is the forefront of what they're trying to do, whether it's FedEx. They're, I mean, talk about a, an amazing logistics company. They have to get the vaccines out to everyone, right? And they right. do that with technology, and they do that with making sure that they take their amazing team and combine it with the best technology. And every company is trying to do that. John Deere, they're, they're you know, trying to innovate on how their equipment is used and how it's connected to the Internet to do better um, better uh, performance of that equipment. And it's, it's, a, it's a tech-rich environment. And both of these companies are bellwether companies that know technology is the future. And they know that identity is a key part of that. They know that all of this technology is used by people, whether it's their customers or whether it's their partners or employees. If you can't connect the people to that technology, it doesn't matter. So they see identity as being critical. And we're lucky and excited to, to work with them on that. All right. And they've got that weird term, zero trust, because it sounds like well, hold it, you're doing something you no one trusts. But in reality, what you're really doing is making sure that everybody gets the right stuff and nobody gets the wrong stuff. Why can't someone, like when I read these terrible hacks with Russia, bring in Okta and say, guys, look, you're so good at identity. We don't want anyone coming in here whom we don't know. I mean, Todd, you're a smart guy. Can't you help them? Well, the problem is, is that, especially with legacy on-premise technology, 
it's very, very hard to cover everything systematically for these companies. They have years and years of legacy technology that was installed in different times at different locations. Maybe there's mergers and acquisitions that put these companies together. And it's not that the technology is not, it's not that the, it's a technology problem. A lot of times it's just a, a visibility and a comprehensive approach problem. So that's one of the big advantages of using more cloud. Cloud is, can be secured more easily, it's more modern, and it also helps companies get a comprehensive view, especially Okta helps them do this, get a comprehensive view across their whole environment, whether it's hybrid, whether it's cloud, and uh, you know, catalog it all and give them an easy integrated approach to link it together and, and, and make sure that that security posture is very robust. Well, at one point I thought, well, wait a second, how can Microsoft not beat them with 365? But if you have exactly what you just described, where you've got some Microsoft, you do have some IBM, you do have a, a, another company that, that could be in their Oracle, uh, uh, they can't do it. Uh, you need a neutral party to this do is it. A, this is a big, this is a, a nuance. Well, it's not a nuance. It's a big deal people miss. Identity is not part of other platforms. It's not part of your email. It's not part of your infrastructure. It's not part of your applications because if it, it has to be neutral and independent because its very nature is to connect you to all those things. And customers want choice. We talk about FedEx. We talk about John Deere. You talk about companies like, you know, organizations like the government that are trying to upgrade the cloud systems. They want choice. They don't want to be hamstrung into one vendor and they don't want to have that choice taken away from them. And what we do is we, we, we solve the identity challenges and we solve the security challenges around identity. And then beyond that, we give them choice. So if you want to use the right apps for you, the right collaboration apps, if you want to use Zoom, if you want to use Teams, if you want to use Slack, if you want to use Salesforce, we give them choice and let the companies decide what's best for them. And it's working out well. All right. So I, I, there's some customers I'm always fascinated by. Why would you have Levi Strauss? What, okay, I mean, we've had them on multi, almost every quarter. And I'm like, okay, it's a pants company. Why do they need Okta? Well, Le- Levi Strauss has tens of thousands of employees, and they want them to have the best technology. They want them to be able to work from anywhere. And th- so it's ease of use. Those employees, are they want to be very productive, and it has to be secure. So if they want to work from home, if they want to work from um, you know, a coffee shop, if they want to work from the office, the same security policy has to has to work across all of those environments. And then like every other company, Levi Strauss, their whole supply chain is evolving. And the supply chain of, you know, they sell the products to uh, uh, distributors that then distribute it to retailers and so forth. That is being changed as online is happening. So Levi Strauss, like every other, other organization, has to have a better website, has to have better mobile apps. They have to make sure that they collaborate in a highly online way with their partners that are going to go through the traditional distribution channel. So technology is at the center of all of this. And every one of those steps, there's a person involved and we can help them connect those people to that technology. Well, Todd, once again, you come on and explain exactly why I always say Okta is the one to look at in technology because you are everywhere. You are independent and you can't Actually, you can't not, not use Opt if you want to have a modern-day technology setup. Thank you so much, Todd McKinnon, CEO co-founder of Opt. Great to see you, sir. It's great to be here, Jim. Do you understand why I always talk about this one as the bell cow? You need Okta in the current-day environment more than ever now because people are working at home. May Bunny's back after the break. It is time! It's time for the 
And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski daddy, time for the lightning round. Chris, we're going to start with Marty in Utah. Marty! Booyah from the Beehive State, Jim. I forgot it was the Beehive State. viewer. Yeah. Yep, first time caller. Okay. Please give some insight into HCA, healthcare. Oh my, there was an upgrade yesterday that made me feel like this is going to be so the winner when this thing is over. And I think it's going to 200. I like your call. And first time, but dead on, spot on. Tommy in Maryland. Tommy! Jimmy Chill, how are you? How's it going? Oh, man, you know, I'm trying to beat it. It's like 74 inches out there already. I'm trying to get home. What's up? Oh, I know. Believe me, it's you know, honestly, it's nasty out there yeah. down here in Maryland. Yeah, it's like base, so. uh, base Camp 3 in Everest already. It's amazing. What, what's going on? I know. I know. It's incredible. So, first, I just want to do a quick shout-out to my buddies Joe and Tobias. Just wanted to throw that out there. Of course. Shout out. Important. Yes. So, uh, I'm calling about... Digital Turbine, ticker symbol APPS. Um, so that company, they've been up, I think, about 500% this year. Yeah, well, it's mobile Every- entertainment. Everybody likes mobile entertainment. Um, I got to do work on this thing. This thing is up so much that it's kind of like when I had Veru on the other day. It's like, wow, we got to do more work. So we're going to come back uh, because that thing's hot as a pistol. Now we're going to go to uh, Karen in Georgia. Karen. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Karen. So, first time caller, active alert member. My yes. husband and I love you. Excuse me? And uh, I'm scared about the American automakers, but I listened and I get, got in on Ford. And I like should Ford. I stay in? You know, Ford's doing nothing. Okay, that, often that's the way things start. They do nothing, they do nothing. Look at GE, did nothing, did nothing, and nothing. Six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, and then boom, kapow. I think Ford does the same thing. It's nine. Why do I feel so confident? Jim Farley. Jim Farley is a car guy. Ford's being won by a car guy, not a guy who understands like file cabinets. I think it's excellent. Let's go to Noah in New York. Noah. Booyah, Jim, my Yo. man. How Uh-oh. you doing? I'm you doing well, more thanks. about plug power. You know, look, I, I had thought that with all the insider selling and the secondaries that the stock would run out of steam. But there are so many positive hydrogen stories. I just saw pop my friend Matt Horwing just sent me a, a hydrogen story out of Germany that is so bullish that it makes me think, don't give up on hydrogen. Alex in Illinois. Alex. Hey, how's it going, Jim? Couldn't be better. How about you? Doing good. I uh, was just wondering your thoughts on uh, desktop metal. Uh Tickers DM. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm an HPQ guy. Nice upgrade today about HPQ. Did anyone see that besides me? Very strong. Going to 28. Going to 20. Right? Going to 28. Sold for $28. Sean in New York. Sean. Hey, Jim Kramer. How are you? Um, All right. How about you? Good. Booyah. Okay. Party City. Party City. P R. Oh, man. Now. No, we're not going to go to Party City. We ain't going to play at Party City. That company did get, you know, it's escaped the clutches of the uh, Grim Reaper. But um, no, it is way too risky. Way too risky. Hey, how about we go to Marcin in Oregon? Marcin. Hi, Kramer Booyah. Booyah. I'm calling in for Marvel Technology Group. 
Oh, I think, well, you know, we had a meeting this uh, just earlier this week, Jeff. Jeff and Zev, we were talking about it from Action Alerts. I said maybe we should take some profits. Jeff reminded me this thing has got more and more to go. He's right. This stock's going higher because it is the ultimate 5G product. They have the product suite that we want. Marvell stays in the picture. How about Michael in Illinois? Michael. Booyah. Booyah. Hey, Jim. I'm asking, uh, calling about RVP. RVP stock. Is it a buy or is it a sell? What do you think? I'm starting to get upset. This is the second one I didn't know. I've obviously not done my homework. I haven't slept this week, but you know what? I still don't know it. Uh, I'm going to have to come back, too. I'm looking at my executive producer, Regina. She's losing all faith in me. Oh, Marie, yeah, Marie works with me, has lost faith in me, like, ridiculously. I have to come back on that one. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Kramer, you are super. You are awesome. I'm a first-time investor. Thank you for inspiring me to get in the game. Your show is the best. I am so glad you're on TV. I want you to know that you have transformed me. Thank you, Kramer. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. This is a stock picker's market for the first time in 20 years. And in a stock picker's market, you can't afford to keep generalizing about entire industries. Now, I know that plenty of commentators will come on air and say, I don't talk about individual stocks or I'm not allowed to talk about individual stocks. <laughs> to which I say, well, why even talk at all then? Can you imagine a guest on ESPN telling you they can't talk about individual teams, let alone individual players? I can't talk about football teams, but you know what? I like the AFC South more than the NFC East. That's useless. The most egregious example, look what's happening in the semiconductor space. I'm guilty of talking about the semis as a monolith myself, but that doesn't make it any less wrong. When someone comes out here and gives a blanket endorsement of the entire group, people who don't know any better, well, they just go buy the semiconductor ETFs. And those ETFs, they're not that great, people. They combine the best of the best, the NVIDIAs and the AMDs, with the worst, sadly, like Intel. I don't want you betting on chip makers as a category anymore. I want you to understand what you actually are buying and why. Otherwise, it's just the blind leading the blind. So let me break it down, starting with the cell phone semis. If you're making a top-drawer smartphone, you need components from Skyworks Solutions, from Corvo, Cirrus Logic. You also need the licensed technology from Qualcomm. All these companies are buys off the news that Apple might be boosting production of the iPhone 12. Then there's AMD one of the new titans of the semiconductor space. Here's a company that's it, it's taking a ton of market share from Intel and processors. It has a terrific presence in the data center, and it's the only major player in gaming other than NVIDIA. Plus, if the Xilinx acquisition gets approved, AMD will have strong cell phone and defense exposure. I love it. I just mentioned NVIDIA, the most essential chip maker of our era. They've got gaming, they've got the data center, they have edge computing and high-end artificial intelligence machine learning. The company's trying to buy ARM Holdings, which would give them a huge processor business for computers, especially mobile devices. How about Broadcom? Okay, this one has a ton of cell phone business, but also a lot of controllers, even some software, real hodgepodge, hodgepodge, but a very good dividend. There are the Internet of Things place. That's NXP Semi, big chunk of auto, cell phone exposure. Texas Instruments and analog devices have so much Internet of Things industrial exposure, they might as well be smokestack stocks. And in this economy, I love that. Micron makes commodity chips that are found in all sorts of electronics. If it's got memory, it's probably got Micron. Same with Taiwan Semi, which is another giant of the industry. In many ways, the biggest of all. 
On the other end of the spectrum, you've got Intel, which is really a PC and server company that's also trying to make it in the tough world of autonomous driving. Very difficult business and very different business from smartphone chip makers like Skyworks. Finally, there are the semiconductor capital equipment companies. They make the machines that manufacture chips. If you want to bet on the whole industry, these stocks are the way to go. Think Lamb Research, Applied Materials, ASML, and KLA. Of course, there are other semis, but these are the big names you typically see in these semiconductor ETFs. Why bring this all up? Because I want you to know what you own. I want you to recognize that there's very little homogenization in this industry. Intel used to be the king of the semis. But Intel was supposed years ago when it missed out on mobile. Now, AMD and NVIDIA rule the industry jointly. That doesn't show up in the ETFs, though. So please, forget about trading entire industries at once. At last, we have a market that values individual companies and individual managers. Why not take advantage of that and buy only the best semiconductors instead of an ETF that gives you the good with the bad? I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.